Welcome to The Dirt Show brought to you by Nap Auto Parts. And today I will be joined by the owner of the R&H Farms, number 40, John Rickey. We will also hear from Mark Witaski from Chateau Speedway, Bob Allen from Arlington Raceway, and our old friend Speed the Sauce Man from Cookies Barbecue Sauces and Seasonings right after a few words from our sponsors. It's Speed the Sauce Man here, bringing you today's weather forecast. Okay, who am I kidding? It's always barbecue weather. Whether you're cooking on your smoker, grill, or inside your kitchen, there's a 100% chance of deliciousness when you use Cookies Barbecue Sauces and Seasoning. You can always count on our full line of Cookies products to enhance meats, main dishes, and so much more. Get recipes and join our sauce squad at CookiesBBQ.com. And remember, rain or shine, it's Cookies Barbecue time. Hey, Dirt Show listeners. Need some parts for race night? How about that classic project in your shop? Wish there was a specialty auto parts store nearby? Hot Rod Hardware in West Concord is your answer. Radiators, disc brake kits, steering columns, fuel injection systems, air conditioning systems, coil over shocks, and much more. From the street to the track, Hot Rod Hardware has everything to modernize your vehicle and improve its performance. See us at hotrodhardware.com or call 507 527 1020. Hot Rod Hardware. No robots, just real people. If you're in need of a worry-free power lift door, then you'll want to stop and talk with Rod French. Make a statement with a PowerLift architectural door on your home or cabin. PowerLift doors can be retrofitted to fit an existing door opening or designed into your next commercial, agricultural, livestock, or aircraft hangar build. Stylish, functional, and built to last. PowerLift doors by French's Manufacturing are made locally in Dodge Center, Minnesota by their experienced craftsmen. Contact Kelly or Rod. PowerLift doors by French's Manufacturing. 374-9306. When it comes to choosing your next industrial, commercial, residential, or ag electrician. Choose Coles Electric, offering pole setting, directional boring, underground trenching, boom truck service, security systems, and much more. If you're a Steel Wasika co-op member, there are excellent incentives for installing a solar array with quick payback and years of reliable service. Planning, design completion, or emergency service, see ColesElectric.com or 507-451-1387. Let me tell you, friends, about our store. It's a great place we call Miner's Out. Outdoor. We sell tools to get the job done, and the rest of the store is just plain fun. Chainsaws, mowers, ATVs, our equipment makes your job a breeze. Our service is the best around. We mow the competition down. We fix tools that run on wheels. We even got parts for snowmobiles. You sow it, you grow it, we help you mow it, run it, or ride it. We provide it. Miners Outdoor, Major Tough. Highway 218 in Blooming Prairie. Napa Know How. The Bucket Sale is back at your local Napa Auto Parts store. Buy a 5-gallon Napa bucket for just $4.99 and save 20% on three or more eligible items that can fit inside. So put on your thinking cap for the best way to fill your bucket and maximize your savings. And Napa can help there too. Right now, with a $25 purchase, you can get a free Chase Elliott Napa racing hat. But act fast. These offers are only good through April 30th or while supplies last at Napa, a proud sponsor of the Dirt Show. Offer valid April 30th at participating locations only. Certain exclusions apply. See store for more details. Welcome back here on the Dirt Show, and it is my pleasure today to be joined by sprint car owner John Rickey. And John, talk about your background growing up in Iowa. Okay, I grew up on a farm and was in 4E and raised hogs. And every fair time, we would go to the fair, and my brother and another family that lived right close, and we'd stay in a tent. 
and the tent overlooked the racetrack. And the race cars, the big cars, came, and it would be about the time they would judge hogs. So we'd hurry and hurry, trying to get everything done there. And I won grand champion one year, and they wanted to take pictures of that. I said, if you're going to take pictures, you got to do it quick, because I'm going to go down and watch a race. That's where I started, and at that time, I think Bob Rager was racing. I remember that name, and that was Roger's dad, and ran an airplane engine, the inverted Ranger engine. The way I understand it, in the racing, they put the cylinders on top, but in the airplane, the crankshaft was up above, and the cylinders went down below. And it really didn't win, but I mean, it was something else, and I was interested in airplanes also, and that's where I started was at that stage. Is the place where you grew up right around Williams, Iowa, where you live now? Because I know we always stop at the boondocks on the way down to Knoxville, but that place is pretty closed up now. Yeah, well, whenever you go by, we farmed about, uh, well, we farm clear around it now, but the guys do. Our home farm is just two miles off 69, right between 69 and 35 about four miles north of the boondocks. So that's my old stomping grounds, and the fairs was at the Webster City Fair Track. The R&H Farms, number 40, out of Williams, Iowa, owned by yourself, John Rickey, and the Hill Brothers, became one of the most famous cars in Iowa history. When was a car completed? Okay, um, how we started, we'd go help people, one I remember offhand, Grady Way, and he come to Des Moines and didn't have any crew with him, so we just went down, the three of us, and helped him, you know, get the car ready to go, and told him we were just farmers, and he'd have to tell us what to do, and then Craig Hitchcock, down at Radcliffe, Iowa, owned a car, and we got in and visited with him, and it got to be too expensive, I think, for him, the way he talked, and so then we bought a car, and we bought a car out of Kansas City, and I'll think of the name here eventually, but we ran it for a year or two and ordered a new Roger Beck car. In the meantime, this car we had, we were running in the Nationals when Joe Saldana won it, and Dick Sudcliffe was driving our car, and we passed him on the last lap and knocked our spark plug wires. Well, we had done this earlier, and so we were keeping the car at home part-time. So when farmers put together a spark plug thing, you're not going to knock the spark plugs off or the wires off. But it was a monstrosity, and the Hitchcock just hated it. And when we were getting the car ready to go, lo and behold, we got ready to push off, and he didn't have things on it, the spark plug deflectors. And we knocked the spark plug wire off either that, or I think we could have won that one. I think 69 that was, but I'm not for sure. Grady Wade. Now there is a sprint car name. That guy was a good driver to get started with. Yes, yeah. And he was meticulous. His trailers or the parts and stuff were just all right there. You know, we never got into him. He did that. All we did was the grunt work for him. But we helped him a couple times, I think we did there, and I think out in Lincoln, Nebraska one time we was there and helped him before we bought a car. That's how we got started with Grady Wade. What was your source for parts back then? Speedy Bill in Lincoln, Nebraska. was probably our big bill. <laughs> we bought most of our stuff there. And mechanics, which we had Craig Hitchcock, and then Leonard McCarl from Des Moines, and John Singer from Kansas City, and then Thad Dozier mechanic it. 
and Wayne House, and then the farmers. We kept it ourselves part-time, and we ordered parts. That's where most of them come from, from Speedy Bill. And Roger Beck was the frame that we bought, and that was the same frame that Saldana had on his car. It was a Roger Beck car out of California. Little story on that, we went to pick it up, and we had to push and push and push, and we were missing some races and had to get it back here and get it finished it up. And I and the blacksmith and Williams, Iowa, Lyle Hofer, loaded the pickup up and took off for California. And, of course, farmers carried gas tanks in the back, so we had enough gas that we went all the way to L.A., and we put in a little bit at Las Vegas on the way home to get us back home. And it was a straight through, straight back, out and back. And that was a Roger Beck car. As you walk through the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum and look at the competition of drivers that you were racing against in that era, it's just amazing to see the drivers that you were beating at that time. Well, we were very, very fortunate. It's a crew. Like I always said, it was 40% driver and 60% the car because that was because we had the car. <laughs> I've got them listed out, a whole list of drivers that we had. Started out with Dick Sudcliffe, and then Roger Rager, and Thad Dozier, and Eddie Levitt, Ron Schumann, Billy Robinson, Ralph Blackett, Lloyd Beckman, Toby Tobias, Mike Brooks, Lee Osborne, and Jay Woodside, and Gene Jennison drove it, and I never knew he had driven the car, but somebody told us, the mechanic from Lincoln told us that he would drove it in one race down in Nebraska, was trying out this new Wayne build, a cantilever crossbar spring front that he went to Indy and looked at and put it on a sprint car, and it was quite a car when it run right. It was quite a car when it run wrong. It was awful, awful touchy. And that's the one we won the Ascot with, Pacific Coast Championship, and then we won the Ascot. And Ascot, we went out. Little story there, we went out, and J.C. Agatanian called us up when we won in Manzanita. We hadn't left Rome yet, and told us he'd pay our way and pay us gas and get us motels and all this. So out we went, and when we told him we had a fiberglass tank when they were going at the time. And he said, that's not a problem. You'll be all right. And we went in and went out there. And Jimmy Oski was one of the hot shoes out there. And his crew come over and looked in the tank. And, boy, they got a hold of a Livingston that used to be an Indy Tech for the 500. And he checked the car over and he says, I can't let you race with that tank. He says, it's just in the rule book. And if nobody had seen it, they would have been all right and all that and that. So some guy ran by us and said, he'd get us a tank. And so we quick was tearing the tank out and all that. And Bubba Jones walked by and he says, that guy that's going to get the tank is with that crew. He says, you aren't getting the tank. But I got one out in a car out back. So we went out and tore the tank out of it, put it back in, and they waited for us long enough. And we went out last and set quick time on a real dry, slicky track and got ready to race in the main event. And Oski was, Jimmy was, was right beside us on the front row. We won the heat race and so forth, so we were polling. He was outside pole, and some well-endowed bottle came out and was standing by the car, and the California cars were 
perfect. And we had raced a year, and ours looked like it got drugged all the way to California. And we ended up getting their picture taken, and we're standing there looking at the girl. And about that time, the torsion bar stopped, dropped, and it dropped the car right on the racetrack. So the guys run out with a jack with a new bar stop and going to put it on, and Livingston walks up. And he says, if you jack that car up, you go back so many roads, you know. And the guy says, well, you never ever enforce that rule. And he says, we never enforce a rule on plastic tanks either. And the guy just turned around and laughed. Well, we end up winning it. So, but it helped to start in the front row without Jimmy there. That is a great story. The R&H Farms number 40 saw driver Dick Sudcliffe behind the wheel picking up wins on both asphalt and pavement and finishing fourth in the IMCA National Points. Did you have a second pavement car at that time, or were most of the cars double duty? We had one car, and we took the Roger Beck car, and we went out to PIR, Phoenix International, and I think we had the record there until they reworked it, you know, and shortly after we ran, they reworked it. So I think we had fast time over all cars out there. A guy told me that it was keeping records. But we ran there, didn't do what darn, but I mean, we set quick time out there and we'd put a gold leaf print on the car, number 40 on the front and the back and cost a small fortune which we didn't have, and when we come back from Phoenix, the wind, they were going so fast that the sand just ate the thing right off the front of the car. (laughs) Didn't do that again. You spoke about mechanic Wayne House, who stayed with your team for 10 years, and an interesting story about Wayne, he is the mechanic that put the bus motor in Roger Rager's famously run IndyCar team, at the Indy 500. Yes, we were out there for that time trial. And a little story about Wayne. He graduated from high school. He took his wife and his son to the thing. He had to lay out and work for a few years to get enough money to go back to school to finish high school. And the man was an absolute genius. If he had just got into college, you'd have read a lot more about him. There was not one driver that we ever had that would tell you that was the most horsepower that they'd ever set behind. And when he built his engines, it was nobody was in the room with him. It was our engine. We paid the money for it. We'd walk in, and he'd cover it up with a shop rag and wouldn't let anybody even touch it. You know, he didn't want anybody dropping anything in it, which happens, I guess, once in a while. But, no, he was a genius, and he did fairly good on setups. He finally got real good at it. But his crossbar, little story on that, his crossbar are he would move the ring a quarter of an inch or turn the threaded deal, turn it up to turn, and then he'd test it and weigh all four wheels, bounce the car, and he'd done it all the hard way. Everything he did was hard, hard work. He figured, well, he, all he had was a high school education. He was an absolute genius at building cars and motors. We recently lost Roger Rager, one of my all-time favorite drivers. He was fearless behind the wheel of a sprint car. That's what I always said. He was the only driver I ever had that was just had no fear of a car. Like he always said, you put an engine in a bathtub and I'll race it. No fear at all. Then when we went out to Indy, 
He says, now this is something else. He says, when you come down into that number one corner and there's a, it's a square corner and it's a brick wall or a wall in front of you, he says, it makes you gulp just a little. <laughs> we were there and he'd sit the time and I forget, we're third quick or some third or fifth, somewhere in there, quick time. Here comes A.J. Foyt. Well, he owned a whole bunch of Chevrolet garages and he had a V8 Ford in his or that big Ford engine. And he says, what in the so-and-so do you have in that thing? There is no Chevrolet supposed to run that fast. So even impressed him. In 1972, you ended up with Thad Dosher behind the wheel, winning the Nebraska State Fair and finishing fifth in IMCA National Points that year. Also with Thad behind the wheel, the team won the 1973 IMCA National Championship. He was an incredible driver. He was the nicest, most pleasant person to be around of any driver we had. Now, he mechanic for a while. He worked full-time. He had a job that he had to be at all the time. And we run a bunch of USAC shows with him. A lot of them are in the east. And his wife, Peggy, would pick him up at work, and they would drive straight through to the racetrack, race, and turn around and drive right straight back, and he'd be to work Monday morning. That's all he did with the whole week was get ready for that. And we were leading the race. It didn't lead many of them against those guys, but we did. And the header being towed out that far, the bolts come loose. And then during the vibration of the motor running, the header fell down and burnt the spark plug wire off. Another spark plug deal. <laughs> so he was very, very nice and very easy to get along with. He'd do the bills on the car. And then when we'd go race, he'd say, well, now this is what I've done. And if you don't like it, I'll pay for it, you know. But we just told him to go ahead and do it. After he had bought the parts, then we went and settled up with him. Now, you don't do that very often with a mechanic. <laughs> One of the most prestigious races in this era, back in the early 70s, was the Clay County Fair Race in Spencer, Iowa. It seemed like everybody wanted to say, I won that one. Yes, and it's right close to home. And it was a trip and a half of a little story on that. We were driving up, and Hank Smith and Earl Wagner raced with us all the time up there. And Reichert, Jerry Reichert out of Minnesota, and uh, I was trying to think of the brothers that were up there from Minnesota also that were there all the time. Well, when we'd come back, we'd always stop at Jim Utz at Elgona. He owned the car, and then we'd have stakes there and then come on home from there. But uh, anyway, Hank passed us going up, and I don't know who was driving her or it doesn't matter. But anyway, when they'd go by, the hand would come out of the window, and they'd give you the bird, you know. And we pulled into the town where the race was, and it's right east of Jackson, in other ways. But anyway, they pulled up to a stop sign, and they took off, and the screws on the ramps let go, and they took off like a big bird and off rolled the race car right in the middle of the street there. And they took off and were gone. And we got the car out and we pushed it over and pushed it on the side. And here, pretty soon, here they come. Still dragging both of those ramps behind them. <laughs> Coming around, picking the car up. So it was a flat, black racetrack up there. And we were there and I was trying to think who it was. They ended up in the cattle barn. Flew out and then over the curb and, and ended up inside the cattle barn one time. So quite a place. Yeah, scratching yep. his brother itch, that's a funny story. Yeah, yeah. And they were they were mean race car drivers. That that Jerry Reichert was probably as nice a guy again 
and never drove force or anything. But he'd get out on the dry slicky and pull out on the outside and get about three quarters of the way by a car. Well, then he'd back off, you know. He just kept pushing that driver, and then Dick was driving for us a lot of the time there in them races. And there's the Dickens. Dick would slide out, and then he'd go by. And when he'd go by, he'd give him the farmer wave, one finger in the air, you know, like a farmer does. And Dick Sedcliffe says, and Jerry Blundy did the same thing to him. He says, just make me matter now. But who's sorry? Another huge event, the Knoxville Nationals, which your team won in 1975 with Eddie Levitt behind the wheel. To be an Iowa guy and win the Knoxville Nationals, wow, what an accomplishment. He talked about this when we raced. We'd like to win the Nationals. Well, the second year out, first or second year out, we ran second, you know, and we thought that's the best we'll ever do. Well, Wayne House waxed the belly pan. When it went to the racetrack, there was no one of the most aerodynamic he could get. He'd check everything, over, and then we'd tape the Zeus button. I'll put tape on them. Before you take pictures, you'd get out and pull the tape off of the Zeus button so it wouldn't fall out. But Eddie had that thing, and he said, I'm going to win this thing. And he did. He took off, and we were standing on the track, and I think he laughed everybody what, fifth or third or somewhere in there. But anyway, the last one he lapped was Jan Opperman. Well, him and Jan had a vendetta against each other. They were not friends. And we got up and then went around. And we were trying to slow him down because he had all that lead. And he seen Opperman up ahead and the way he went. And when he went around him, Opperman pushed him up into the mud and filled a tire full of mud. And we just about didn't finish the race. It vibrated so bad he couldn't see, but he stayed ahead of Opperman. That was a tale in itself right there. And then when you do this, we had five children in my family, and Tom had four, and Tom had two. And we never put the kids to bed that night till about five in the morning when it got too wild. And it's um, Keith Barker was a good friend to Eddie Levitt's, and we were, that's the only time I've ever saved Keith Barker's life. We were at the motel, and somebody threw him in, and he had a wooden leg he had lost in a farm accident when he was a kid. Well, what's a wooden leg do? It floats in the air, and he was drowning, and I went and got a pole and reached out and pulled him ashore. So that was, that was, everybody went to bed then, right then. Now they ended the party. But it was quite a night. You had a real talent for picking the right drivers that worked well with your team and your car. Was that a group decision or was that your decision? No, it was a group. That all was a group between the mechanic and like Toby Tobias. We knew nothing about him. We raced out in Manzanita. He'd come out and run it out there for us. And we never could get it to work hard and work right. If you ever met Toby Tobias... He was a big person, and when he got in the car, there wasn't much room around him. <laughs> he was a big fella. Pennsylvania Dutch was his religion, and so, I mean, no cussing, no nothing, you know, talked with that brogue. He really had to listen for it. Quite a guy, real nice guy. But all the drivers we had, they'd call us, and um, went on Wolfgang. Wolfgang used to call us. And call us and call us. We had a pretty good name for safety. Run our belts so many races and then throw them away or give them away or whatever and put in new. We 
didn't want anybody getting hurt in the car. But he went through frames. He took a car builder to stay with him, and we just always told him. In fact, I've got a picture up in the suite that's signed behind him, and, and it, it, there's lots of nice words but about not being able to drive the car. So that's where the drivers all come from. The R&H Farms number 40 will go down in the history books as one of the most potent sprint cars in Midwest racing history. That has to make you feel good about what you accomplished during your career as an owner. Yes, it really did. Well, we exceeded so much more than what we ever thought. And um, a historian out at uh, Manzanita at the museum there told me one day that uh, we were the only owners to put all those major championships in them days that were the big races. And the only owner to ever do that. He says, and not many people can say you get one or two of them, but you don't get all, all of them. And we put them all together. We were lucky. Very fortunate. Another little story. I'm Catholic, and so I always put a St. Christopher medal in on the car. And Eddie Levitt was driving it. And one day, we had it screwed onto the dash, and the nut come off of the little bolt. And the thing fell down the floorboard. And I seen it down there, and I picked it up. And Eddie says, what are you doing down there? I told him, I said, well, this is a Christopher medal. You know, I said, that's Catholic. I believe it helps drive safely. And he laughed. He said, oh, okay. And he jumped in the car, and he had his helmet on and fastened down. And pretty soon he jumped out of the car, and you put him back in here. I'm not going to take this car out until you put him back. So we ran around and got a piece of wire and put it back in. <laughs> John, I knew this was going to be chock full of racing history, and thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here on The Dirt Show and tell some amazing stories about the R&H Farm, number 40. Well, thank you for the invitation. Hey everyone, this is Chad Weir's Weir's Machine and Racing Products with today's tech tip. Today we're going to talk about our engine and rear end lift handles. These are a real nice piece we've been making for quite a few years. One end has a 3 8 coarse thread stud and the other one is drilled and tapped 5 8 coarse thread. So you can thread four of these into your engine and you and three of your homeboys can carry an engine around or you put two on each side of the rear end and then you and another guy can carry a rear end around very easily. Real nice trick tool, available at weirsmachine.com. As always, check us out online at weirsmachine.com. Thank you. Wolf & Sons Yard Service has heavy equipment. This is Scott Wolf. Whether you need a basement dug, a building removed, footings for a remodel, an RV camper or boat pad, rock, sand or dirt hauled, or even a driveway or parking lot road graded, call 455 why should your business choose Foamcraft Packaging? It's vitally important that you select a partner in the packaging business that has capabilities to satisfy your everyday packaging needs with the versatility to take care of those projects that require specialized treatment. Foamcraft is large enough to tackle all your packaging requirements, yet small enough to provide individualized services to ensure quality products. Office and production positions currently available. See foamcraftpackaging.com or call them at 507-455-2893. BP Racing Fuels is proud to be recognized as a world leader in race fuel technology. BP's fuels have a well-deserved reputation for power and consistency, winning championships in every form of motorsports for more than 40 years. Whether sportsman or pro, methanol or gasoline, BP has a fuel to ensure optimum performance for your application. See the full line of BP's high-performance products online at vpracingfuels.com. At VP Racing Fuels, our passion is your performance. Aero Race Wheels was established on the conviction that its dedicated staff could provide higher quality wheels designed specifically to endure the tough requirements and conditions of the racing industry. Most importantly, the wheels need to be manufactured and sold, maintaining an affordable price structure. 
Aerial Racing Wheels has become the largest premier steel wheel supplier, and their product line speaks for itself. Upgrade your racing game today at aeroracewheels.com. Attention hay farmers, Rhino Egg now has a fast and easy way to handle the gathering, lifting, loading, and offloading of square hay bales using only one operator. The ACG-10 Acumia Grapple is the one tool you'll need to replace at least three or four teenagers throwing bales. Save time and money with Rhino Egg Hay Tools. Check out the new hay tools at rhinoegg.com. Welcome back here on The Dirt Show, and I am joined by Bob Allen from Arlington Raceway and Bob Season opener, Saturday, May 7th. How many years has this been for the Allen family opening up the season at Arlington Raceway? It looks like this will be our 42nd year at the Arlington Raceway. So uh, we've had the opportunity to do uh, quite a few openers and looking forward to this one as well. Are any of the grandkids getting old enough that they're starting to step up and be part of the track? Oh, yeah, the grandkids have always stepped in and helped out whenever they can, wherever they can, and we appreciate the efforts. It's a little bit hectic because we're a race family, and that's kind of all we do. So when the weather has been kind of crappy like this, you'll see the grandkids out doing some pressure washing in the cold weather and getting things cleaned up and everything else that needs to get done for the opener. So they've definitely stepped up to help out. Three businesses, Farmer Brown Motorsports, Jerry's HQ Foods, and T Easy Wash and Storage have stepped up as sponsors, and I see they're sponsoring multiple nights of racing this year. Yeah, we've got a lot of race night sponsors involved, and to pick any one of them out is pretty tough to do. Everybody that's been sponsoring at Arlington have been doing a fantastic job, so we ask all of our race fans and racers alike to take a look at that schedule and Susan takes care of the renewals. I'm not saying that it's an extremely easy job, but in the long run, the majority of our sponsors come back year after year at the Arlington Raceway, and we appreciate the efforts and the longevity. Just recently, one of the sponsors sold their business, and we were looking back trying to figure out how many years they've been involved. Countryside Refrigeration and Heating in Mankato had been involved with sponsoring at the track. We believe it's well over 30 years of sponsorship involvement. Besides your IMCA classes and the sprint cars, fans can also come early to catch the new up-and-coming drivers in your kart divisions and also your autocross nights. Yeah, that's true. We've definitely got a lot of divisions racing at Arlington, and one of the main reasons that we decided to do all of these different divisions is people's lives change a little bit, and they like to stay involved in racing or want to get involved in racing. So we have some what we would call entry-level classes that we've had to adjust and make them differently just because of the way the cars are manufactured and looking forward into the, the years of the future, the way cars will be manufactured. We need to bring some different types of classes in to introduce people to the motorsports, introduce them to racing, and our go-kart class is a, an extreme example. If I look at our sprint car class today, I would say that we're well in the neighborhood of 80% of the participants starting out in the go-kart division and working their way. Some of them, like Matt Johnson last year, stepping right from the go-karts right into the sprint cars. My grandson, Andrew Allen, did the same thing. This made the step right from the uh, go-kart division straight into the sprint car class. I had Steve from the Star Group Napa Auto Parts store on the Dirt Show a couple of weeks back, and the Saturday, July 2nd fireworks spectacular means a lot to the sponsors, the racers, and the fans alike. 
That's true. Napa Auto Parts stores around southern Minnesota have really stepped up and been involved at the Arlington Raceway. One of the sponsors that I could say has been there close to our 40 years. Naturally, the ownership of those stores have changed over the time, but the Napa name has been at Arlington as far back as I can remember. The month of August brings the stock car shootout. Stock cars on Arlington Raceway, in my opinion, are the best. Well, the IMCA-sanctioned stock car division has groomed itself into being a premier race class in a lot of different parts of the country. And Arlington is one of the locations that the evolution of that class kind of started way back with some of our former races, probably back in the late 80s and 90s. This class started making a little bit of a tick upward as far as the competition level. And it just amazes me each year that the class itself continues to grow And it's hard to say, but it seems like it keeps getting more and more competitive. And you look at the class and and see where there used to be a a few passes throughout the night and things like that. And then all of a sudden they're running too wide. And now occasionally we're getting them running three wide with the cars running, you know, sometimes three and four rows deep at three wide. So it's definitely a competitive class. It's an entertaining class. And the skill level of the drivers is one of the things that we've really appreciated because when they run that tight and you get somebody that wants to mess it up they can but these guys don't want to mess it up they want to be out there and they want to be competitive and they want to put on a great show for the fans one thing that sets arlington raceway apart from most other tracks is most other tracks have their season ending points championship the final weekend of august where arlington races through the entire month of september well that's true we concentrated on And I don't know if it's right or wrong, but we've concentrated on being a weekly show, which means that we want to do our best we can for the racers and the fans on a a weekly basis and not build ourselves up to one big special event at the end of the year or rely on a a big weekend. We want to rely on all of our weekends and do the best that we can for the show. And we found many years ago that when we shut down for special events that were going to be taking place somewhere else, maybe in another state or another track close by, and we take a look at the entry list at that event, And we noticed that we shut our event down and all of a sudden our drivers aren't going to that event or they're going somewhere else. It wasn't really the intent that we shut down for it. When you see the drivers that are not going out and racing that weekend and they come to us and say, well, you know, if you would have raced, we'd have been there, but you didn't race, so we just parked our car. So we just decided a long time ago that we were going to run our season out as long as we had some decent weather. And the end of September is kind of the point where we've found that a good weekly show runs. And we've actually seen increases in our car count towards the end of September, where if their local racetrack shut down, a lot of drivers take the opportunity to travel to Arlington. So it almost started making our September event special in itself just because of those travelers. Bob, I can always ask you those tough questions. Somebody brought something up to me the other day, but they mentioned changing the shock rule, the cost of a shock, just one single item. The racers are up against higher fuel costs, higher tire prices this year. If the shock rule could be changed to lower those costs. It's a catch-22 question, and everybody is for lowering the cost of racing. I don't think anybody is out there saying, let's elevate the cost of this thing and only have the elite out there racing. I think everybody wants to see an affordable class of car and an affordable, especially now the shock packages have been conversations for five years or more on the increased cost of shock packages and how some people are able to 
maybe get a little bit more of an advantage or have a better understanding of the feel of their cars. The problem that I run into whenever I talk to a racer about changing a rule to make it more affordable for them, they come back and tell me, well, yeah, that might be more affordable to go out and buy this product at whatever price it is, but now you're telling me to put something on the shelf and go buy something different. Bottom line, I'm spending some more money. There's a catch-22 with all of these questions that I don't think that anybody wants to jump and make a rule that, let's say, six months down the road, you look back and say, well, why in the heck did you do that? You want to put a lot of thought into it and a lot of understanding. And there's some other things that are going to be going on this year with parts availabilities and different things. So we would hate to see somebody get into mandating a product, a new product, and then all of a sudden find out that there's a supply issue. Bob, looking forward to another awesome season at Arlington Raceway. For fans listening out there, what are the best ways to find out more about your racing schedule and everything going on at Arlington Raceway? Well, you can check us out at arlingtonraceway.com. You could also check us out on Facebook at the Arlington Raceway official page for Facebook. If you've got a specific question, feel free to give us a call and we'll talk about it. Best way to understand what's going on at Arlington, stop in and visit us every Saturday night and we'll do the best we can to put on the best show that we can. Some of the other things that we are checking out and hopefully be able to launch here before we get started is going to offer the IMCA TV program for our weekly shows as well as we're going to be implementing my race pass program this year at Arlington. Bob, as always, thank you for your time and thank you for all you do for Arlington Raceway and thank you for being with us here on the Dirt Show today. Thank you, Clayne, as well, for everything you do for racing and in uh, the, the region. We appreciate it. Had an accident or fender bender? Luckily, Bob and his staff at Midwest Collision are close by. The staff at Midwest Collision has years of collision repair experience under their belts. They also use state-of-the-art painting, paint matching, and repair technology to get your vehicle back on the road as soon as possible, like nothing ever happened. No job is too big or too small. Midwest Collision treats each repair with the same amount of dedication. Call the professionals today at 332-2434 for all your collision repair needs. You bend we mend them. Fast shaft drive shafts is the number one carbon fiber, steel, chrome molly, and aluminum drive shaft builder for over 90% of the major modified chassis builders. Now, under new ownership, the mission will not change. Providing drive shafts, drive shaft repair, 9 inch forward center sections, slip yokes, rear end yokes, ring and pinions, bearings, spools, gears, shim kits, and more to racers everywhere. Call Fast Shaft today. Made by racers for racers. 800 622 6617. Do you know what many top race car teams use for small radiator leaks? It's Justice Brothers Radiator Stop Leak. Effective insurance that keeps them in the middle of competition. Proven under the toughest racing conditions. And it works the same way in your car. Justice Brothers Radiator Stop Leak stops leaks in radiators and blocks sealing the leak while you drive. And it won't clog the cooling system. It mixes with all antifreeze and coolants. Take the advice of top race teams. Use Justice Brothers Radiator Stop Leak. See our display at Runnings. The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum's newest exhibit is going to be our track tribute to Ascot Speedway and will run from May through September this year. Our track tribute to Ascot Speedway will feature eight of the historically significant race cars that raced during Ascot's heydays of dirt track racing on both the big half-mile track and Ascot's quarter-mile track. 
Also, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum will feature several racing videos and interviews that took place when Ascot was still in existence, with many of our National Sprint Car Hall of Fame inductees from California and the history of their careers shaped at Ascot Speedway. You can expect to see and learn more about these drivers' accomplishments and Hall of Fame careers at the track tribute to Ascot Speedway this May through September at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. So if you're a West Coast slide em in Sprint Car fan, you won't want to miss our track tribute to Ascot Speedway this May through September at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Why choose powder coating over liquid paint finishes? Maximum durability. Extreme Powder Coatings offer a scientific process that uses heat to bake the colorful finish deep into your product. Extreme Powder Coatings can deliver multimedia blasting, impact-resistant epoxy primers, and super-durable powder coat applications to meet your needs. Visit ExtremePowderCoating.net for more information. Whether you're running for the checkered flag, blasting down the strip, or cruising in the boulevard, you want crisp fiber response and reliable horsepower. Byers Engine Service offers a full machine shop that can completely machine or rebuild your tractor, race car, or streetcar engine and put some life under your hood. No gimmicks, just horsepower. See ByersEngine.com or call 507-282-5586. Welcome back here on The Dirt Show, and it is always a pleasure to be joined by Mark Witaski from Chateau Speedway. And Mark, next weekend... May 6th and 7th, you are opening up the track in a huge way with a doubleheader opener. It's going to be two great nights of racing. Yeah, we're running the James Craig Memorial on Friday. That'll be a Wissota Midwest Mod, big payout feature. And then on Saturday, we're going to do a USRA a Summit Shootout race, which is also a big payout for them. So, yeah, two big payoffs. We are not running the USRA Mods next week simply because they got a big show over at Mississippi Thunder, and we're trying to work with everybody here. That's great to see the tracks working together because it benefits everybody, including the drivers that don't want to miss their home track races. Right. On a regular night of racing at Chateau Speedway, what can fans expect to see as far as classes in 2022? Uh, We've changed that up a little bit this year now. We will be running the Chateau Speedway Hornets, Pierce Docks. We will be running the Wissota Midwest Mods. The USRA B mods, stock cars, and A mods. So the stock cars are in, the Wissota Street stocks are out, and we did that just because we were looking at car counts. The Wissota Street stocks were dwindling, and I looked to the south and the west and the east, and I see a lot of stock cars out there, and we're just hoping, we're hoping to bring a few more cars in. Stock cars are going to be awesome on Chateau Speedway. And you have a huge event that every fan needs to put on their calendar coming up for May 27th. USMTS are back at Chateau Speedway and 10 grand to win. Our local guys are going to be there gunning for the victory against all of the travelers. Yeah, we're hoping, you know, it was well thought out. I'm hoping that it works out. We've listened to the fans. They've been hollering for this for a couple of years. We needed to get our feet back on the ground and get a little bit more confidence in our abilities to run a show like this because it is definitely a high-octane deal. Friday night, June 17th, it's Dirt Show Night at Chateau Speedway, which I'm excited about, and also the first appearance this year of the Mars Sprint Car Series. So not only do you get to see the regular classes, but you also get to see the open cockpit non-wing sprint cars. 
that's always a lot of fun. We struggled a little bit with car counts on that, but I've been talking to Johnny pretty regularly. We did some work with the sanctioning body, and we're hoping to pick that up to uh, 14 to 18 cars and have a nice show there, too. Yep. Another thing Chateau Speedway does well is Friday night, August 19th, fireworks night, and the non-wing sprint cars will be back that night as well. And it's nice saving all of those fireworks after the 4th of July because you get to blow everything up that everybody had left over. (laughs) Absolutely. It works out really well for us, and that has been a big night. You know, if you do it too close to the 4th, you've got all the festivities in all the little towns and big towns alike around the area. And so if you give it a break for a month or so, it seems to bring some excitement back. The Spirit of 83 returns on September 9th, and I know that's near and dear to your heart, and the racing for that night has been phenomenal the last couple of years. Yeah, last year we had 29 cars for that show. It was obviously the biggest show of our season, and I tell you what, there was nobody more proud than myself of seeing that. We want to continue that. Mike and I were really good friends, and, and he was extremely loyal to the Speedway here. And, yeah, it's still not where I'd like it. I'd like to make it a little bit bigger yet, and we are working at that. we still got this 83 for 83 going on. I know a lot of people haven't heard much for it because we have changed that up a little bit. I felt as though with COVID and some of the stuff that's going on, gas prices and all that, we have kind of changed to make that just kind of a, a donation At that point, we probably ain't going to be able to read everybody's name off that donates. We will continue to commend those that do the 83 for 83. But, yeah, any donations. You know, what I really want, Clay, is I'd like to see that get up to be a $4,000 to win deal. And in order to do that, we need to keep this going. Another event that I spotted right away on your schedule is going to be the Friday night, September 16th summit shootout for the stock cars and they're heading to deer creek the following night so that's going to bring a lot of stock cars to the area for a double header well and that summit shootout for them that's a fifteen hundred dollar to win deal that's kind of my thought behind it i did talk to cole on that a little bit he didn't think it would be too bad a deal i believe they might be running in mason city on sunday night so it'll be a three-night swing for him here and i think it's great opportunity for us as well as them and all three tracks the great thing for the fans at chateau speedway is you and the entire staff do an incredible job that place looks totally different from when you took it over. You can see the love and the passion for racing that you put into that track. And also, fans that may not know, you can bring your bag chairs and sit on the hill outside of turn number four if you don't want to sit in the bleachers, and that's a great view of the racetrack. Absolutely it is. That's one of the, I guess, more nostalgic parts of the Speedway. It's a great time over there. I try and get up there every night to just kind of gaze at the people, and they enjoy that hill. It's pretty cool. Mark, if fans would like to find out more about Chateau Speedway and your entire racing schedule, what are the best ways to do that? Usually the schedule and everything is on Facebook as well as our website or else they can try and call me. I'm pretty busy. Sometimes I don't get to the phone. I've got new phone services now and stuff. I I try to to keep up on this pretty good, but usually it's always on Facebook or on the website. Mark, as always, thanks for your time and can't wait to see you down at the racetrack because that means it's going to be an awesome night of racing at Chateau Speedway. 
Thank you very much, Glenn, and uh, I appreciate everything you guys do for us. Shevland Enterprises, your locally owned and operated sanitation and recycling service, offers the highest quality garbage removal and trash pickup services at great rates. Commercial, residential, construction, and industrial trash removal and recycling in Owatonna and the surrounding areas in Dodge and Steel Counties. Shevland Enterprises also specializes in roll-offs and dumpster. Contact Chris and his staff today for small-town service at a small-town price, 528 528- That's 528-9900. Medieval Chassis has been the leader in better engineered stock cars and modifieds for almost two decades. They are now going to become the center of all things mod light in the Midwest. Medieval Chassis will be the go-to shop for all parts in store, online, or by phone for this up-and-coming cost-conscious racing class. Summer 2022, Medieval Chassis will have their mod light platform in action. Kicking off the new Endeavor, Medieval Chassis and Cow's Big Deals will be auctioning off a 2023 mod light roller valued at $12,000 in October. Watch Facebook and see MedievalChassis.com for more details. Whether you're at the work site or the trailhead, you need an ATV that goes above and beyond the expected. With the power and performance to work harder, technology to make every job easier, and a time-tested promise of quality and dependability. When duty calls, you need the 2022 Honda 4Trax lineup. Available now at Trimble Cycle Center in Austin. Then you'll learn how life is better on a Honda ATV. For riders 16 years and older, Honda recommends that ATV riders take a training course and read the owner's manual thoroughly. Trimble Cycle Center in Austin, USA's second oldest Honda dealer. When one of your appliances breaks down, you need help, and you need it fast. Contact Sorensen's Appliance Service. They service the entire Cow's listing area. Their employees live in our community and sponsor area racers and softball teams. Sorensen's Appliance Service. People you know that will get your appliances serviced with trained technicians. Contact them today, 256-7766. That's 256-7766. Welcome back to our special segment here on The Dirt Show, brought to you by Cookies Barbecue Sauces and Seasonings. And as always, I'm joined by Speed the Sauce Man. And Speed, this persistent cold weather just keeps hanging around. And you've got a great recipe for a shredded chuck roast over mashed potatoes and white bread with gravy, the hot beef commercial, using some of your great products. I'll tell you what, Clayne, I'm a little disappointed in you. I thought you'd turn the heat up a little bit. I sure would if I could, because I want to get out to the racetracks. Well, I'll tell you what, with this recipe here, we'll turn the thermostat up a little bit. I'll tell you, the shredded chuck roast is to die for. What you do is it's real simple. Just grab a couple of chuck roasts at the grocery store, season both sides with flavor enhancer, and just throw it in a crock pot on low. And I usually throw a couple of cups of water in there. I've also did it with apple juice, but just put a couple cups of liquid in there and turn your crock pot on low. And I'll tell you, in about eight hours, that'll be just be fall apart tender. Then what I do is I just pull that chuck roast and just fall apart tender, pull it out of there and shred it. And then I make sure I've got a couple cups of liquid in there. And then I just throw a package of that brown gravy mix in there, beef gravy mix, and just throw that in there and stir that around. And then dump the shredded beef back in there, leave the lid off and turn it on high for maybe 10 minutes. And then I'll tell you what, take a nice piece of bread down and then mashed potatoes on top of that, and then dump a whole bunch of this shredded beef and gravy over the top of that. Man, I'll tell you what that's to die for. And then I give a couple more sprinkles of cookies, flavor enhancer on top of what I season the chuck roast with. And the nice thing about it, doing it that way, it's really versatile. You know, if you don't want to make the gravy thing, just take that shredded beef and throw it on a sandwich, 
and shoot some of our tangy mustard barbecue sauce on it. And I tell you what, you got a barbecue beef sandwich made in heaven. It's just so tasty. And you can take that same shredded beef, because you can put it in the refrigerator or put it in a Ziploc bag and freeze it. But I tell you what, it's also good. Take a bunch of tortilla chips, put a bunch of that shredded beef on top of there, a bunch of our salsa, and dump some nacho cheese on it. And then you got some deluxe nachos. So it's very versatile cut of meat. And enjoy and clean. I'm going to put you in charge. you got to turn the heat up a little bit. So this recipe and other great recipes, just go to cookiesbbq.com. Speed, as always, thank you for being with us, and thanks for the great ideas. You betcha. Have a good one, Clay. For 50 years, reuse and recycle is not a new concept to us. Miskin Auto Parts has been recycling your old vehicles since the Beatles were still together. Just call us and we'll send one of our friendly drivers right to you and haul away your old retired vehicle. Scrap prices are up, so it's a good time to clean up those unwanted vehicles and get money in your pocket. Give us a call at 507-684-2100 or online at Mizgin.com. Miskin Auto Parts, in God we trust. Partnering with hog and cattle producers throughout the United States, Altenburg Construction has almost 30 years of experience in the slat replacement business. Altenburg Construction also uses a custom wash bay to ensure biosecurity to protect your herd. Whether you need an entire site or a single slat, call the professionals at Altenburg Construction at 888-435-2210 or see Alton Bulldog Coatings specialize in concrete coatings as well as concrete restoration repair. Hi, I'm Todd with Bulldog Coatings. Our coating systems provide a durable finished floor that is both easy to maintain and adds value to your home. The unique patented Bulldog Coatings are not limited to just garage floors. They can be used for interior flooring as well as pool deck, patio, and sidewalk applications. Our systems can be installed in as little as one day and year-round. We are a locally owned family business ready to serve Southern Minnesota. Visit us on Facebook or call us for a free estimate. 837-9773. Let Bulldog protect your floors. Welcome to the Dirt Track segment, brought to you by Cookies, Sauces, and Seasonings. Last Saturday night, April 23rd, the World Outlaw Sprint Car Series was racing at Tri-State Speedway in Indiana in the 40-lap A-Main. Carson Macedo picked up the 10 grand over Brad Sweet and Sheldon Hottenschild. The World Outlaw Late Models were at Atomic Speedway on Sunday night, April 24th, in the 50-lap A-Main. Brandon Shepard over Dennis Herb and Max Blair. At Land Pros, our team of brokers and auctioneers specialize in farmland sales, live land auctions, and online land auctions across the Midwest with total sales of 190,000 acres. At Land Pros, you get a team of land professionals going to work for you. We pride ourselves on providing local service and knowledge with national marketing and results. If you're thinking of buying or selling, contact Land Pros agent JJ Wise at 641-420-SELL or go to landpros.com. That's L-A-N-D-P-R-O-Z.com. The USAC Nationals return to Houston Speedway July 8th through the 10th. Fans leaving last year's race said best race of the year and one race you can't miss. Don't miss your chance to see the top USAC midget and 410 non-wing sprint car drivers in the country. Tickets, three-day packages, and camping on sale now at usacnationals.com. Follow at USAC Nationals on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates. See you in Brandon, South Dakota, July 8th through the 10th for the 2022 USAC Nationals. Hi, this is Harvey West, and you've been listening to The Dirt Show. See you at the races.